Welcome to the Security Sessions podcast, brought to you by Talist and hosted by me, Nera Jones. In this podcast series, we'll be discussing the technologies, people, and processes behind information security and delving into topics like data security, remote access, and digital transformation. We'll be speaking to Talis and industry experts to bring you fresh perspectives on how to navigate the world of cloud security. Today's episode is episode six, and the title is Data Beyond Borders, the Schrems 2 Aftermath. Today, I have exciting guests. I have Anza Yiannopoulos, Senior Analyst at Forrester, and Mukesh Chandak, Director of Business Development at Thales, and I will ask them to introduce themselves briefly in a minute. So, about our episode today, now that Privacy Shields has been invalidated by Schrems 2, and also that the UK has left the EU, how we deal with data transfers has become a very hot topic. We will examine how the current rules and regulations for securing information and maintaining privacy will impact our future, also thinking about the work and lifestyle changes brought by COVID-19 and how it has forced everyone and how organizations are addressing this. So, Mukesh, would you like to introduce yourself briefly? Sure. Um, thank you, Nera. Hello, everyone. This is Mukesh Chander. In my day-to-day role of Director of Business Development, I look over strategic relationship with our cloud partners, both SaaS Cloud and Public Cloud, within our Thales Cloud Protection and Licensing Group. This little business related within the Thales conglomerate takes care of security of the data. We help our customer to secure their most important data and assets. Thank you, Mikesh. So, Anza, as a senior analyst at Forrester, you see a lot of what is happening uh, on the market and uh, in the world in uh, general. So, tell us a bit more about you. Thank you, um, Nere, and, and thank you to everyone for joining this podcast. I'm very pleased to be here. Um, so, my name is Anzayano Polo. I'm a senior analyst on the uh, security and risk team at Forrester, and I have spent the last Eight to ten years looking at data protection issues, so um, it's definitely a very exciting time, uh, I would say, and it's a, a very topical discussion today. Um, I do help organizations with their uh, privacy challenges, both on compliance, but also really making privacy part of their strategic initiatives, really using privacy uh, to improve their brands and transparency, their relationship with customers. So um, again, very exciting time. And thank you again for having me. Oh, you're very welcome, both of you. So uh, going back to what you just said, Anza, so uh, and going back to our topic of, uh, you know, the Schrems 2 aftermath, do you think CIOs need to change their own attitudes toward regulations and compliance? Thank you for this question, um, uh, Anira. So uh, it's interesting uh, that you asked me this. I mean, if I uh, think about CIOs, um, I would say it really depends on the geography, the vertical. We see... Um, a lot of uh, variation um, depending on this factor and the relationship with compliance. If I think about privacy, definitely, um, with the GDPR, uh, the General Data Protection Regulation, I would say that organizations as a whole, including CIOs, as, uh, have definitely paid more attention to this topic, understanding much more the strategic nature of the discussion. Um, and also, as we put together our privacy prediction for 2021, this is a collective 
objective documents that a forester rewrites to really help a work customer try to understand what they have to expect for the next 12 years, uh, 12 months, sorry. We said that actually we expect by the end of 2021 that at least 40% of chief privacy officers will report into CEOs because we really see the strategic nature of privacy. We see a number of initiatives from data monetization or customers will be paying much more attention to privacy and choosing companies also on the base of privacy. Uh, all of this is really becoming um, uh, visible and understood in organizations. And so uh, this strategic role, CIO, CEOs have really to embrace more and more uh, privacy as part of their you know, daily business activities. Indeed, absolutely. So we mentioned CIOs and uh, the Forrester predictions for the the next 12 months. So, uh, Mikesh, do you think CIOs and CEOs are the only C-suite execs that need to be worried about this? So, uh, first of all, I mean, um, Enza made a really nice point about that, how data is being important to all of these organizations and why they need to take care of this data uh, and and the importance of the GDPR. So, I would like to add two points to what... And just said, in the case of GDPR, um, now there's a clear consequences that has been defined within the GDPR guidelines that if these companies do not meet the data compliance rule and they do not treat their data of their customers carefully, there will be harsh consequences. It could be in the form of penalties like 4% of the global revenue or 22 million euros, whichever is higher. So it's a very significant amount that companies might have to pay in addition to the reputation damage that they might suffer. Um, and especially with the Schrems to railing, it can go even further. Now the DPOs, data protection officers, they have the authority to hold the data transfer if they find the non-compliancy in these organizations. And this could be a real bummer for the companies because the termination of the data transfer from EU to other countries could literally mean a partial or a complete shutdown of that particular business or maybe the whole company. So that's a big thing that these companies need to take care of. And that's why I think uh, it's not just a business. It's not just the CEO or CIOs they need, uh, that needs to take care of the data privacy. It's basically the job of the entire C-suite and it should be uh, also discussed at the board level. Board needs to define, have a clear visibility where the company is going when it comes to the data privacy. Um, another thing that I would like to add is that um, while GDPR is really focused on Europe, but it has inspired many countries such as Brazil, India, Canada, and also some states in USA. We have seen California. So th- they have really paved the path of defining data privacy and the consequences if not done right. And so it's very soon it's going to be across the world. So it's no longer a problem of the business in Europe, but it will be a problem of business across the world. So uh, to <laughs> coming back to your question, it's a very important topic, no matter where you are. And uh, and the board and the C-suite really needs to take uh, care of it carefully. Absolutely. It is, uh, it is indeed uh, a, a very topical strategic problem for organizations uh, as a whole and, and globally. And indeed, as uh, you've just said, Mukesh, uh, data protection regula- regulation are now becoming uh, global and, uh, and, and part of our life. And of course, we've had the, the, the pandemic uh, exacerbating all of this and affecting us all uh, with more and more people working from home, 
obviously the security implications are numerous. We used to talk about, you know, data storage and encryption and everything and data transfers are now very, very much on the, on the agenda, which actually uh, brings me to the fact that uh, with uh, everyone working from home or remotely more or less, uh, we have an increased reliance on uh, cloud services. So in what way do you think data transfers are evolving, Anza? Well, there are definitely here two, um, two uh, trends that I would like to uh, put in common, as you're saying, working from home, the pandemic, but we see the appetite and the desire to adopt, a pub, to adopt public cloud uh, you know, growing. I would say this is one of those uh, things that have been around, of course, for some times, but we see from our data that really companies are pushing more and more around on the adoption of public cloud infrastructure. Uh, working from home, of course, as we said, is one of those drivers for this sort of trend. And then on the other side, in the last few months, you had um, of course, the decision of invalidating Privacy Shield, and that would affect the transfer between the EU and the US. Then we had the um, a new uh, agreement between the EU and the UK. And of course, there are there are important implications about data transfers too. Um, and then we have new guidance from the Data Protection Supervisory Board that is telling organizations that they have to self-assess, they have to risk assess whether transferring data from continental Europe, so from the EU, and this is transferring personal data, of course, from the EU, to the US, to another jurisdiction for storage and or processing. That's the, another important element that we need to take into account. Sometimes I talk to um, companies and they say, well, but I'm just storing data outside of Europe. But again, these rules all apply even if you are only storing data outside of Europe and or processing data outside of Europe. Um, and so the guidance says that you have to risk assess as an organization whether a contractual clauses or other legal remedies are enough, or you need to add technical uh, remedies to make sure that that transfer is um, safe and, and can happen lawfully and safely. So a number of changes, again, the changes of Brexit, the changes of Privacy Shield, the new guidance coming up. So there is a lot for organizations to take into account, a lot of change. One thing that I would um, say, and I always, always, always ask my clients to pay attention to, is not just the direct transfer, meaning I am an organization and I know that I am transferring data to the US, for example, for processing reasons. But a lot of these transfers are done by a third party on behalf of a company. So let's say that I am a German uh, base, a, um, a German organization, I'm based in Germany. And I am using maybe HR software that is provided to me uh, by an organization that is based in the US. And they are serving me using infrastructure in the UK. It's all very complicated, but it's very common. And this kind of agreement today need to be assessed and need to be evaluated in light of all the changes that we have described. So direct transfer, indirect transfer, multiple jurisdiction, uh, companies really have to focus on those data flows and making sure that they understand where data comes from, where data is going, where data is staying, and really looking for the right approach uh, to um, meet the compliance requirements 
and making sure the transfers are indeed safe. And indeed, I mean, what we have observed over the past few years is uh, how complex the supply chains uh, is becoming. And, and indeed, we have seen regulated findings, uh, both data controllers and data pro- processors for, for breach of uh, data protection regulations. So, uh, Mukesh, you see a lot of your customers. Uh, have you got anything to, to add in, in terms of what you see them doing? So one of the things that I would definitely uh, insist on what and um, has already touched upon is, I mean, this ongoing pandemic has taught us at all at both personal and professional levels. I mean, the usual way that we've been working has changed drastically. And we believe, especially I believe at the personal level that some of these changes is going to last and will become part of what we call the new normal. Um, the, these remote working as Anja already touched upon, is has accelerated digital transformation. Before, what we have seen, that some of the companies were thinking about digital transformation. They were um, thinking about putting the plans in place, but they were not really taking the plunge in it. But as this pandemic hurt, uh, hit them, and uh, and then they start to see their employees working from their home, and we suddenly saw a huge spike in uh, an accelerated use of cloud services, which is part of this bigger digital transformation task within these companies. And, and as a result, uh, so there are two things that are happening. People are working from home and they are also, uh, companies are moving to cloud. We see this huge amount of data exchange and, and it's a it's a challenge for their info security team to, uh, to keep the security intact within this new normal. And they, in coming uh, future, in few months, they will start need to think about what's going on where, um, as in just as a point, where the data is moving from, where the data is coming from, and all these things. And especially uh, what we think is they need to start putting some automated tools where they can actually figure out uh, where all these data lies. Uh, use the tools that can help them discover this data and automatically classify it for them because not all data created is equal. There's huge amount of data, but maybe it's only 10% or 20% depending on their business is critical that they, that needs uh, additional protection. So they need to do this exercise of, you know, doing the data discovery and the classification that depends on their own business and apply the additional protection depending on the sensitivity of the data. Encryption is a great mean to uh, protect this data. But now with this uh, Schrems ruling, things are getting even more complex. If you have a business in Europe, you also need to make sure that you respect the boundary of uh, sovereign boundary of Europe when you are protecting the data using the encryption. Make sure that the keys are in the sovereign, sovereign boundary of the Europe so that they, when if the data end up leaving either through direct transfer or through indirect transfer, um, it's not leaving in clear. If it's leaving encrypted, then you are probably okay uh, with respect to the GDPR compliance. So there are so many things that um, the information security team needs to struggle uh, or start, you know, working towards it uh, to make start working on the data mapping and protecting them. I mean, in fact, it is a very important topic, Mukesh, and uh, and and I liked what you just said about the uh, data uh, and 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 whether all data is created equal, and of course not, because organizations now have to understand exactly what data they have and what they need to do with it, uh, not only to to secure their environment, but secure their customers. And another dimension I would like to explore is, uh, as a result of all of this, consumers at large have become more aware of their privacy rights. 
So how do you think this has affected organizations, Anza? Well, I think the disease um, affecting organizations, this is very much work in progress. Um, Organizations are trying to, of course, comply with the requirements, but really try and understand exactly how their consumer and customers really feel about these and what's the best way to serve them uh, while meeting their expectations where it comes to to privacy. We have been following uh, this trend, which is exactly how consumers uh, uh, behave um, uh, about uh, or with data sharing, how do they feel about sharing their data for the last five years now. And we can see they, they consumers take care of their uh, data, they are concerned, and they take action to protect it. And, and I think this is a very different um, thing compared to the past. It's not just that they say, oh, I'm so worried about my privacy. They actually are taking action to protect that. So, for example, um, European consumers uh, um, are limiting, more than half of them are limiting the amount of data they share with an app or with a website. For example, we know now that the all discussion about tracking user is particularly hot, but it's not new. It's something that we have seen evolving um, over time. Um, and there is something else, and to me it's very interesting, because sometimes... People say, well, you know, it's not that people that, that a consumer is going to leave a company if there is a privacy issue. Well, some do. But what we notice is actually that consumers, even if they don't leave altogether a company, because, of course, there are implications about market and specific goods, but they do engage less and less with organizations that they don't like uh, or that they don't trust. Um, is a matter of sharing data, as I have said. We see them sharing less data, but also is a matter, really, of spending less money with those organizations. Um, for example, we have data suggesting that about 51% of consumers would cancel a transaction if they read something they didn't like in the privacy policy. So these are consumers that went to a website, chose a product, chose a service, were ready to pay. And at that point said, well, no, I actually don't think the way you're treating my data is fair. And so there is a complete a complete shift compared to um, to the past. And I like to insist on this because still there are companies that don't see how impactful and how powerful this sort of trend is. And then just to flip things um, around, because we talked a lot about fines and, you know, the issue that you might have with regulators, but this is very much about your relationship with your consumers, with your customers. This is about trust. Um, and and we see really GDPR creating uh, much more education in the market, but also um, helping customers to expect the right thing from from organizations and gives organizations an opportunity to improve their relationship with their customer. So once I uh, um, often I do studies with organizations around GDPR compliance, um, and I always ask beyond meeting compliance requirements. Tell me which kind of benefits, business benefits, have you achieved out of this compliance work? And you know what? The number one answer that they keep um, giving me is we improve the customer engagement. And also they experience a number of benefits around the management management of data assets um, and data uh, policy in general. So the impact of these rules is not just fines, but is very much, if you do it in the right way, is very much improving the business, improving the relationship with your customers. It's, it's a story of success 
rather than just fines and 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 rules. Absolutely, Anza, and uh, to, to paraphrase what you've just said, that the regulations have uh, led to uh, privacy activism, which uh, in turn has led to better customer experiences. So, Mukesh, you've uh, you've said something interesting earlier on in terms of uh, uh, data management and how we manage and classify the the data. And you mentioned um, automation because, of course, we have a lot of data as businesses. So, what about emerging technologies like AI, for example? Um, do you think these will have a significant impact, positive or negative, on the security of uh, of data for, from a privacy and regulatory? point of view so uh thanks for this question uh nira because yeah i mean we've been everyone is talking about ai machine learning and these significant technologies that we are facing today uh and, and you hear both sides uh positive and negative about these emerging technologies personally i would like to think of ai as a great tool that's improving our day-to-day life um whatever industry that you are whatever experience that you are going through, there are many applications where AI has already shown its prowess. Um, if you're thinking about, you know, forecasting weather, uh, looking at the anomaly detection in large industrial system, and especially um, it could be used to enhance the security of our software system at many different levels because um, it, it's a very powerful system that learns from the data and then uh, applies that learning is in the future pattern that it sees. I mean, that's just a very simplistic way of explaining what it has. Um, and, and I also think in the future, it has great potential to, you know, solve really complications, complicated problems. I mean, we already see huge progress that they have done in uh, natural language processing and the kind of help it has provided to certain industries. It's also true that leveraging AI is not without a danger. We need to be cognizant of the fact that that we are using these technologies carefully. If not, there will be a negative impact that will be brought upon us using these technologies. It is a double-edged sword. And and it's especially true for the data security and privacy domain. Um, Like like we all know, uh, AI feeds on large data set. And uh, that really means that companies who are using AI and machine learning are basically sitting on this large data set which has also sensitive data and standard PII data. So it's a, they're sitting on this pile of data, and which is pretty sensitive. The other thing I also wanted to say, it's not just PII data that is sensitive, but with the um, technological progress that we have done in the AI, these algos are really powerful to predict at the individual level based on certain data which was not considered sensitive before. Um, it could be, you know, just the age group that person belongs to or the neighborhood uh, and, and and some other parameters, and they are able to actually deduce who that customer is. So suddenly the, the less sensitive data before it becoming more and more sensitive. So I think the companies needs to be treating this data really carefully because if it goes in the wrong hands, it could create a lot of damage, financial and reputational. And, and that's why uh, I said it before, and I'm saying it again, in the in their access, the, the initiative that they're doing around the data discovery and classification, they also need to take this in mind as well, that what kind of data are they talking about? Maybe the data that was sensitive or defined in the regulation is not just the, maybe they have to look beyond that data. Uh, that could also be used to deduce certain things that 
with the new AI algorithms. So overall, as a general rule of thumb, um, the companies should be thinking about this data security and privacy for any technology they're adopting from the get-go, from the start. It shouldn't be a patching exercise after the fact. It should be designed in whenever they are doing these proof of concept, proof of value, using these emerging technologies. Yes, Mikesh, th- thank you very much for that. And and indeed, uh, privacy by design can uh, can generate trust. Uh, and we've seen Apple uh, use this very effectively in their marketing campaigns. You mentioned that AI will bring and can bring new challenges for organizations, especially when we're thinking about profiling, bias, and uh, AI ethics, which uh, are certainly very hot topics in uh, in terms of privacy and transfer. So, Anza, do you have anything to share with us from the market in terms of the challenges that AI bring, uh, and indeed from the previous question? Indeed, thank you, um, Anira. I couldn't wait to say that, of course, all this trust that we are discussing, the other side of it is really accountability, which is present in most, uh, you know, frameworks for um, uh, trust and artificial intelligence. It's present in a lot of uh, privacy regulation, but it's really core to that sense of responsibilities that organizations um, need to have if they are collecting, processing, sharing, storing personal information of individuals. Um, and this is, uh, again, I think this is core to the, this discussion because there is one important point that Makesh um, uh, uh, just made, which is around the insights, the mosaic effect, uh, which is at the core also of many of these artificial intelligence challenges. Uh, so if you are putting together a great amount of information, personal data of individuals, you might be not understanding or not seeing necessarily the kind of correlation you are creating across the data, the kind of information you are creating, and some of it might be much more risky uh, than the data uh, you started with. So there is there has to be a clear sense of responsibility and accountability in organization to understand which kind of data assets we are feeding into this technology, which kind of insights we are planning for. And I know that this is a crucial element because many would say, well, you don't plan for. You just give the data to the machine and the machine is going to come out with their, its own decisions. But actually, this is something that we really need to be careful about because... Well, people might be thinking, well, if it's a data-driven decision taken by a machine, we need to trust it. It will be fair. It will be clearly, uh, uh, you know, safe for us. But that is a mistake because the data models that we build and it's human building them, the way we engineer an algorithm to work, these are all very subjective decisions. And therefore, the outcome of that technology uh, um, is really not that objective. It is indeed subjective. And this is why we need to be responsible. We need to be accountable. Otherwise, discrimination, biases, uh, loss of individual autonomy, those are all things that we are going to see over and over again uh, when we use artificial intelligence. And so it's not really applying rules to the technology that would be full, but it's about having the right set of rules so that actually there is responsibility and accountability uh, on the humans using that technology and planning to use that technology. So these are the challenges, explainability of this algorithm, transparency, making sure that we as human retain control over those decisions and we can go back 
and make sure that actually the decision are the right one um, and not just something that, you know, the machine came up with and we don't even know how. Uh, that is not something that, uh, you know, I think any company can really uh, stand by or justify. Certainly it's not something that consumers are ready to take as, you know, as normal. They do want to know how decisions are taken. They do want to feel that they still have a control over those decisions. And they want to know that they understand how their personal data has been collected and processed through these algorithms. So we've talked about AI quite a bit. So um, from your point of view, Anza, uh, observing the market, what other types of technologies do you think will come to the fore in the coming years? Ah, Nira, that's a, a, a difficult question. I would say uh, that uh, the pace at which technology is evolving is unprecedented. So um, I cannot tell you which kind of technology we will have in the future. Definitely um, artificial intelligence, machine learning, those are here to stay. And they will be the underlying building blocks of many, many more technology that we are going to see in the future. What I would say is that um, for customers, for organizations, there is an important element there to consider, which is how these unprecedented uh, um, evolution of technology is forcing organization also to adopt technology super quickly. And so the question that I have often and that I see many customers now starting to think about is the, a question of trust, not in the sense of consumer we talked about, but trust between people within a business Uh, maybe someone in the data scientist team wants to adopt some technology. Maybe someone in the marketing team has already purchased some technology. And then you have privacy, security, IT, data governance, how the trust relationship between these teams have to change and evolve to make sure that businesses can really adopt and exploit the technology of the future. And then there is a broader question about trust between um, technology and society, business and society when using this technology. So to me, Uh, the most exciting part of all these, of course, is to see the technology evolution, but it's also to see how the relationship between people within organization and between organizations and their community has to evolve to really make sure that we can all exploit the benefits and enjoy the benefits out of the technology and not just the, um, the risks, um, the unmitigated risks that they can bring to us. And Mukesh, do you have anything to add on this? So, yeah, I do. Uh, one of the things that I mean, as uh, and just said that um, AI would be the founding block, and, and uh, I concur with that. So, one thing that companies really need to take care of when they are adopting this emerging technology is making sure that uh, what they are doing this with data. Sometimes they end up collecting much more data than they need. So, uh, This exercise of data distillation and data discovery should be done around the clock in a very much automated way. And they need to make sure that they are taking care of the data privacy because that's a major fact that they will earn them the respect of their customer, their consumer, their enterprise customers. And if they don't do it right, it could be a big danger out there. <laughs> Absolutely. Know your data and know your purpose. Uh, we're reaching the end of our podcast today, but uh, before I, I let you go, uh, uh, I would like to ask you for one final tip for our listeners. So, Mikesh, what would be your last final tip? So, um, we have just observed the Data Privacy Day on January 28th. 
the theme of the data privacy day 2021 was own your privacy it's basically aimed to the consumers it aims to help them learn how they can protect their privacy as well as hold their organizations their service providers responsible for respecting the privacy of themselves of the customers it basically encourages everyone to do their part to promote the culture of privacy so uh, if there's i mean there's so many things that companies and us as a consumer should be doing but if there's just one thing that organization can do right now is manage the data and the security and the privacy of the data carefully they can do it right now by applying the data discovery and classification exercise finding out the sensitive data across the infrastructure and protect it using the appropriate technology it could be encryption key management system what have you there are solutions out there they just need to take a plunge and do it right thank you mikesh and anza what's your top tip for our listeners Renata, that you know your data, know your purpose, kind of said it all. So I I really love that. And I love um, our listeners just to take that with them. And if I can add um, one more thing in my field, uh, you know, a little bit off topic at first, but it actually goes back to what Makisha said about that cultural piece. And my tip would be make sure that you are building diverse teams. If you are a security team, a privacy team, a data scientist team, diversity, well, we know as a fact, and there is plenty of data out there, that diverse teams tend to perform better. Um, and we also know, as we were discussing issues of bias, discrimination, and I said, you know, we have to pay attention in the way we are building the data model, in the way we are training an algorithm. Diversity in these critical steps of that process can only bring benefits and value to the work that these teams do. And then to push even more the idea of the cultural understanding, a diverse team is certainly open to different points of view, to different experiences, to different ways of understanding risks and coming together to a decision about mitigation. So to me, again, the core of this is creating that adaptable workforce, adaptable workforce that is able to um, exploit change in the best way possible. They are able to innovate more and they are also able to um, assess and mitigate some of those risks that we have been discussing throughout uh, the, the time that we spent together in this podcast. So that would be really my, my tip for our listeners. Thank you, Anza. And thank you, Mukesh and Anza, for being such fantastic guests. You have been listening to the Talent Security Sessions podcast, Episode 6, Data Beyond Borders, The Shrimps 2 Aftermath. Thank you for listening. Love this episode of the Talus Security Sessions podcast? Search us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favourite podcast service to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to visit us at cpl.talusgroup.com to access previous episodes, bringing you insights from industry experts on the latest cloud and data security news and trends. Thank you for listening.